This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to our Lord's house this morning as we gather together for worship. Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Our handbell choir will play We Three Kings. Today in the church here is the second Sunday after the Epiphany. The Old Testament reading for this morning is written in Amos the ninth chapter. In that day I will raise up the booth of David that is fallen and repair its breaches and raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. 
that they may possess the remnant of Edom. And all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and drink their wine. And they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant them on their land, and they shall never again be uprooted out of the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's epistle is written in Romans, the 12th chapter. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is written in the Gospel of St. John, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. 
and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We speak together the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Jesus, our Lord, is alive. He is God with us. Our text today from our gospel reading in the gospel of St. John. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. These are the words of our text. God's grace and his mercy and his peace be multiplied to now and forever through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. A sign can tell you a lot of things. Signs tell you what you need to know. Maybe even a sign tells you what you don't want to know. They can make you obey. They can make you laugh or cry or get angry or be afraid or even be confused. I saw a sign uh, this last week on the internet, it said, you are now leaving the United States of America. You are entering the Republic of Texas. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Signs. Well, in today's text, Jesus does a miracle at a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and John calls it a sign. A sign. A sign that leads the disciples of Jesus to put their faith in him. You've heard the story so many times. We could all just tell it back and forth to one another. 
Jesus is at a wedding in Cana in Galilee. Now, weddings in those days were not like weddings in our day. Today, a wedding is about 30 minutes long. Well, if I'm doing the wedding, it's about 30 minutes long. Now, I tell the couple, if you add extra songs, extra readings, extra things to the wedding, it will get longer based upon how much you add to it. So you get to determine how much longer than a half hour your wedding is. But the weddings in Jesus' day could last up to a week. And at this wedding, this long wedding, the wine runs out. And Mary comes to Jesus and says they are out of wine. And Jesus puts his mother's faith in him to the test. He says, dear woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. And how does Mary respond to this test issued to her by her son? She goes and tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. She believes and knows that her son is the savior of the world and that he can take care of the situation at the wedding. Well, you know the rest of the story. Jesus tells the servants to fill six large stone jars with water, and they do. And then Jesus turns all of that water into the very best wine there has ever been. I tried to do the math. I did it last year on this text, and I went back and redid it again this year, and it is about 900 or more big bottles of wine, 25-ounce bottles of wine, 900 or more of them would be about what Jesus did in this miracle. That's a lot of really, really good wine. And John writes, this, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory And his disciples, including John, who writes this, believed in Jesus. Jesus' miracle, this sign, tells us two things. The first thing that we learn in this text is that marriage is good. On the third day, isn't that interesting? John says, on the third day, what else happened on the third day? Jesus rose from the dead. So marriage often in the Bible is referred to or gives us a picture of the resurrection of the body and life everlasting, doesn't it? Jesus talks about the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom. Well, on the third day, after Jesus' baptism, Jesus goes to a wedding in Cana at Galilee. And by going to this wedding and by performing this great miracle of turning water into wine, Jesus shows to you and me that marriage is a good thing. Marriage has Jesus' seal of approval on it. In fact, the whole idea of marriage is God's idea in the first place. Because at the beginning, in the garden, God institutes, starts, begins marriage. He creates Adam. And God says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. 
And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Literally, right? She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. In the beginning, God creates Adam and Eve. Male and female, God makes them. And he brings them together in holy marriage. And God blesses Adam and Eve and says to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Did you catch that at the end of the sixth day? What does God say about his creation? He says that all of it is very good. Everything he has made is very good. The sun, the moon, the stars, the universe, the earth was very good. All of the animals and birds and fish were very good. Adam and Eve were very good. Being male, very good. Being female, very good. Being married, very good. And so Jesus goes to a wedding in Cana at Galilee. And he shows that weddings and marriage and husbands and wives and children, all of it is a good thing. It is his creation. It is his design. He's the one who started it. He is the one who makes the rules for it. And if Adam and Eve had never sinned, just think. If Adam and Eve had never sinned, there would have been weddings and marriages in God's perfect creation that would have remained very good. And even after the fall into sin, weddings and marriage is good in the eyes of God. Marriage is God's will. Be married. Be fruitful and multiply. Don't break up what God joins together. Jesus approves of marriage between one man and one woman for one lifetime. But marriages often don't last, do they? That's the sad truth of this fallen creation. We now live across the street from the Garden of Eden where marriage was very good. We live on the side of creation where marriage is always under attack by sin and the devil. We live where couples do not love each other as Jesus has loved them with a self-sacrificing love. In this fallen world, there is selfishness and jealousy and anger and lust. These hold the day. Truly, sin abounds in marriage, for it is a sinful man and a sinful woman who are joined together in this holy estate. So sin abounds, but where sin abounds, what then? Well, God's mercy, God's grace, his love and his forgiveness abound all the more. There is forgiveness, abundant forgiveness. When? a marriage gets put asunder. 
There is mercy for husbands and wives who throw in the towel. There is forgiveness when couples don't do what they should do. There is an empty cross, an empty tomb, and pardon for couples who do what they shouldn't do. In a sinful world, God is at work. God is with us. He is Emmanuel. And what does he do? He works repentance in us. And where he works repentance, he also works faith. Faith that trusts in him for the forgiveness of sins. A bounty, abundant forgiveness of sins that covers a multitude of sins. And so even now, in this fallen world, God makes marriage and weddings good. Because he brings his love and his forgiveness to bear upon husband and wife in this holy estate. So Jesus' very first miracle, his very first sign at this wedding, shows to you and me that in his eyes, in God's eyes, marriage is a good thing. Even if marriage is not a good thing in the eyes of many in our society, even if marriage and the way in which God has arranged it is stepped outside of in our society, it does not change the fact that marriage is God's invention. It is God's idea. And in his eyes, it is good. The next thing that this miracle that Jesus does is that it tells us that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. In the Old Testament, God told what it would be like when the Messiah came. And what would it be like? Well, God says when the Messiah comes, there's going to be lots and lots of wine. That's what he says. In the Old Testament, when he talks about the coming of the Savior of the world, the coming of the Messiah... He says that there's going to be an awful lot of wine. Listen. God says that when the Messiah comes, here's what he says, I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. He also says, new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills when the Messiah has come. One more passage to make my point. In the Old Testament, God describes the kingdom of the Messiah this way. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. The Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. Wine, abundant wine, good wine. That is the sign of the coming of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And so when Jesus turns all of this water into all of that wine, excellent wine, abundant wine, the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah are being fulfilled in Jesus. And Jesus' miracle is a sign that he is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. And the disciples realize this, and they put their faith in him. Why has the Messiah come? Well, he comes to save sinners. He comes to set the captives free, to crush the devil, to forgive sins, to give everlasting life. He comes to die on a cross, to rise from the dead, 
and to return on the last day. And he comes to tell you that the marriage feast of the Lamb is near. Oh, so near. Even nearer now than when we first believed. Nearer now than the day when we were baptized into Christ. And when the marriage feast comes, oh, that will be a feast that will be very good. And until that day, Jesus gives you a foretaste of the feast to come. This morning, right here, where with the bread he will give you his body, and with the wine, the sign of the Messiah's coming, with the wine he will give into your mouth the very blood of Christ, shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Signs tell you and me things that we need to know. The miracle at the wedding in Cana tells us that marriage is good and that Jesus is the Messiah, our Savior. And the miracle in Cana at Galilee calls you and me to put our faith in Jesus, to trust in him as Lord and Savior. Not to trust in ourselves, not to trust in our works, but to trust in him and to look to him for forgiveness, life, and salvation. For that is what he came to bring to you and me. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Amen. Jesus, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.
Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Held in flesh the Godhead seed, held incarnate deity. Man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day, King of heaven come. King of heaven rise up, who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name, King of heaven come. King of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. While delays his glory by, for that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory.